Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Ben Teron, who's the executive director of the Whistleblower House. Ben, a very good afternoon to you and thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Indeed, Ben. So we're going to be featuring on the whistleblower blower, uh, issue, looking at the recent killings of Clouton Murray and his son and the murder of the acting chief financial officer. I'm just citing this as examples for now. The Gauteng Provincial Government Department of Health, Babita Dekron, perhaps many unreported cases indeed uh, going past us without us knowing regarding whistleblowers. The question is, if I, yeah, are we doing enough to protect whistleblowers? No, we're not. Um, very very bluntly and very simply, mm-hmm. we've got to answer the question honestly. We are not doing enough. Uh, and there's a number of reasons for that. Bear in mind that we've got to separate whistleblowing versus witness protection. And many cases we we, inter- we talk interchangeably, which we shouldn't be doing that. Right. Um, witness, witness protection falls under the National Prosecuting Authority. Right. They've got an office for witness protection, and therefore they take care of witnesses that are well, with cases that are enrolled in court, etc. Right, self-explanatory, is somebody right? that comes forward with information okay. um, that could lead to arrest and further investigation. And the difficulty I have and we have is that there's very little protection, if any, for whistleblowers. But, uh, yeah, so what, what do you suggest? What, what, what could, what could, where's the problem? Why is that? No, it's, it's a combination of issues. And... Uh, Babita is, is one example where she spoke to her boss, and the boss said, don't worry, we are taking care of it. Meanwhile, she never touched anything, her boss I'm talking about. Right. So only after the murder did the boss come forward and say she never, she never spoke to her boss regarding investigation and protection or anything else. Part of the problem is that law enforcement agencies are not um, sensitive and can't act fast enough. There's a decision-making matrix. So if right. somebody thinks that their lives are in mm-hmm. danger, they've got to uh, escalate it within the police force. And sure. you understand, SAPs have been infiltrated, the law enforcement agency have been weakened, so we don't know who to trust. So, I mean, if I'm a whistleblower, and I've got to entrust my life and mm-hmm. my family's life to an organization that I don't know I can trust. I'd rather keep quiet. You know, so what the whistleblower house have been doing is, in fact, stepping in into that void, and actually we start doing protection and we start uh, providing uh, security and secure places for people to live in that interim period. Indeed, Ben. Oh, would you say that uh, South Africa now is on the brink of, or perhaps has become, a mafia state, law being manipulated and real punishment not being posed to prevent whistleblowers being targeted? Uh, international studies speak, speak to South Africa being a mafia state. It's, we've been uh, overtaken by uh, international cartels. Sure. We are one of the top countries in the world when it comes to organized crime. Uh, and that is very scary because our, our constitution speaks to the protection of our rights, protection of our citizens, but there's a big gap between what the constitution demands of government and what actually happens. Um, and that's sad, but there's a huge gap. And, and I'm quoting international studies at the moment that speaks to South Africa has been identified United Nations have identified these gaps. Right. Uh, and something needs to happen very quickly. 
Indeed. Um, have All right, so you did outline the difference between witness protection and whistleblowing in the beginning. So witness protection, as, I'm, as I intervened earlier on when you were describing it, um, is a specific uh, task. It's a specific role. Now, with whistleblowers, we don't have that... Uh, Shall we say protective umbrella uh, to uh, to at least protect any whistleblowers coming forward? Is are there any efforts there to create some kind of uh, shall we say shell, shelter, if I can use that word, or uh, institution which can protect whistleblowers going forward? I want to say yes, mm-hmm. and I have to say yes. The difficulty you have with mm-hmm. with government structures right. and bureaucracy, it takes years to achieve anything. The president last year established the anti-corruption. Uh, Advisory Council, the task team, etc. Right. Uh, and their job is to identify the weaknesses in the legal system, including legislation, and then come with recommendations to have that corrected. Sure. Uh, we are part of that team, but it's very slow, uh, and it could take a while. So there are movements, but the point is it could take years for that to come to fruition, and whistleblowers are exposed on a daily basis as we talk to each other at this moment. Oh, dear. I guess uh, yes. We just got to hope for the best because, uh, as 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 you say, Ben, um, yeah, we just got, just got to try and uh, well, whistleblowers have just. It seems whistleblowers now have just got to well let the you know put it out there to whoever they're talking to and just hope for the best that nothing happens. Is that the situation right now? That is the situation no. from a, a government point of view. The whistleblower house has stepped into the gap. Mm-hmm. And what we are trying to do is to fill that void and actually support whistleblowers mm-hmm. to make sure they're safe, their families are safe, they've got some income, uh, and they know where to turn. Because the whistleblowing environment is fraught with dangers, and mm-hmm. people don't understand the rights in terms of the law. So what we try to do is to equip whistleblowers with knowledge, sure. with legal advice, At least. Um, facilities where they can go uh, and hide, um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we try to fill that void, and we are achieving that. Indeed, Ben. Well, we can only hope for the best that at least, uh, as you say, these processes take time to put proper mechanisms in place to protect whistleblowers. And, yeah, wishing you all the best in your endeavors to try and at least help whistleblowers, you know, like enjoy some kind of uh, sense of security going forward in, in what they endeavor to do to at least bring, you know, to the attention the authorities, uh, the wrongdoing that's going on out there. Ben, yeah. <sighs> We can sigh with, with uh, amazement at what's going on. We have to leave it there. We don't have much time left. Ben Teron, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon to just give us a lowdown on where um, whistleblowers stand right now in terms of security and safety. I guess, yeah, you just got to watch your back as best as you can.